Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So today actually is a special episode for us in the sense of it's been a year uh, that we've been, yep, and we've been podcasting. So wow. yeah, for everybody who's been listening, just, I mean, really, really appreciate it. Um, it's been, it's been kind of a journey actually for us. I mean, started a year ago thinking, ah, just try it out. I mean, we're, we're definitely fans of playing board games. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely want to kind of share our experiences because, yeah, I mean, we, Again, we enjoy playing, so you know why not just see if we can provide any useful information, hopefully useful information for everybody out there. Yeah, it's been fun, Kevin, and I think I'm looking forward to starting year two. All right, so I guess on that note, we're going to kick off um, our second year here with looking at Android Infiltration. Uh, and it's a kind of older board game based in the Android Netrunner universe, and it's designed by Donald Vaccarino and published by Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, it's kind of a push-your-luck type of setup, so, I mean, in the sense of, right, you're trying to see how much uh, victory points, in this case, that you can rake in before the game ends. Uh, and it's not, like, on a set time or anything like that, so that's kind of that push-your-luck aspect, right? So, when I say older game, it came out back in 2012, and it's for two to six players. Uh, and as far as I can tell, it can only be found used. And most of the used, uh, I guess like what eBay prices that I've seen has been around $20. And in this game, you're controlling a futuristic thief trying to steal the most zettabytes of information from Cyber Solutions Inc. while making sure you escape before the security mercenaries arrive and I'm assuming do bad, bad things to you. So yeah, again, push your luck. On a real quick side, Android Netrunner, uh, as far as the universe, it's a futuristic cyberpunk theme where everything is recorded for data, including like human thoughts. Uh, so, you know, of course, oh. there's hackers, right, that want to access that valuable information, probably for like telemarketing purposes. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? I guess hey, data is valuable. Uh, and so, anyway, this game is estimated to last 30 to 45 minutes, and I would say, yeah, I mean, probably sounds about accurate. Uh, we had played it with six, uh, and probably went, what, an hour, maybe a little over an hour? Yeah, like well, that. we had some AP going on in a push-your-luck game, so, you know, some of the turns, I think, yeah, took a little long. Gotta optimize your luck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that being said, I'll turn things over to Leanne for the mechanics. Thanks, Kevin. So Android Infiltration is a game that we enjoyed playing, you know, just this past weekend with our friends. Um, and it really is a game that is, it's a, it's a small box. It's cards for the rooms that you explore and cards for your actions and items. So what happens is there's uh, 12 room cards that are set up in a V. And the idea is that all the players start at one end of this V. So you're at the entrance or the first room of that building that you're going to infiltrate. And what you do is you're going to explore card by card, room by room, and look for the loot, which is in this game, these data files or DF tokens. Grab those and get back out the same way you came in before the clock runs out. Everyone does take a role and a, a player marker, but there's really no variation by character in terms of abilities or stats. 
Everyone has four starting action cards in their hand, which are advance, retreat, interface, and download. Plus you get four cards that are random starting items. So on your turn, you're going to, well, everyone takes turns at the same time simultaneously. You're choosing your actions, revealing at the same time, and then resolving those actions in player order. The clock in this game is actually uh, represented by um, a, a handheld kind of cardboard device with dials on it. It starts at a zero level for the alarm and zero level for the clock. The clock um, goes all the way up to 99, that's when the game ends, and the alarm goes up, you know, zero to eight. And so what happens is that clock is with the first player for every round. And after everyone resolves their actions, there's a mechanic where you roll a die, um, a d6, and then you take whatever the result of that roll is, plus whatever level the alarm is at, and advance the clock as if you're you know, running through the game. So the clock doesn't accelerate at the same pace throughout the game. And this really adds to the unpredictability and the push your luck aspect of this game. The interface effects, because um, the other actions I think are probably pretty, you know, self-explanatory. Interface means that um, on each room card, there might be an interface effect that can be really cool. Um, and so you would use your interface action to uh, cause that effect from the card. One of the things that we had that was super cool was an interface effect that triggered actually stealing data files from other players. Um, you could also... I don't know if they felt that it was cool. Well, I thought it was cool because I caused it. Um, but you can also acquire more items or maybe you can heal. So that's another important point. So everyone starts off as healthy um, in terms of their, their player marker. But as the game goes on, as Kevin mentioned, there are these security guards. I mean, we're breaking into a facility to steal stuff. So you can be wounded and therefore slowed. Um, and so healing can be a, a valuable interface effect should you choose to use it. In addition to each card having perhaps an interface effect, there are also some cards uh, when revealed that trigger other things. There could be non-player characters or NPCs that appear and do things. There are also some rooms that have what are called tech locks or even lab worker tokens that thematically can be destroyed, quote unquote, to trigger more data files in a room. So each room is, is kind of different and unique in that aspect. And the last thing I will say is that uh, when we played it, we all lost at the end because of an effect that I triggered. So definitely look out for those effects, whether they're interface or items or what have you. And that is Android Netrunner or oh. Android Infiltration. <laughs> all right. Well, in that universe. So, yeah, all good. So I guess onto the notes. So for me, you know, on the positive side, you know, I would say that to an extent it's good uh, that each character is the same. So this is not asymmetric. Uh, it really doesn't matter who you choose. I mean, they have their own background story, which is nice. Uh, and on a side, I do like that, you know, they, they push the theme here. So, you know, the artwork, uh, again, the backstory, there's NPCs, all of that good stuff. Um, yeah, they, they definitely uh, encourage the theme here, which is nice. Uh, and the components as well are actually pretty nice, like the dial that you spin. Uh, it, it has a nice feel to, to it. It's easy to rotate and all that good stuff. There's a lot of tokens, uh, and I'll mention that on some words of caution afterwards. 
but yeah, you know, again, component quality definitely uh, FFG, right? Final, yeah, uh, not fa- fantasy flight. <laughs> yep, fantasy flight quality. Um, and that there's a good balance between the kind of what random versus control. Like you're trying to get the strategy going. So yeah, I think there's a good balance between, yeah, just straight luck and then some strategy. Uh, lastly, I would say I do like that it's pretty flexible on that player count. I mean, I don't know about a two-player game, uh, but say like a four-player, five-player, six-player, I, I think it scales pretty nicely for all of those. So words of caution, I guess coming back to it, you know, with uh, everybody having the same uh, initial, I guess, what character power or, or really that there's no powers. You know, some might say, well, it makes it a little bit less interesting because now it's really just up to the cards that you're dealt. And yeah, I agree, you know, that would be a a word of caution for that. Uh, The other side is with the tons of components. I mean, those DF tokens, there must be, I don't know, what, like 50? Yeah, I was going to say maybe like like 50 of them. Um, So it can really add to the setup cleanup because, right, all these DF tokens... Uh, one side is kind of what I don't want to say blank, but uh, hidden, mm-hmm. if you will, and the other side has the point value of that data file or the DF token. So you know, as you pour it out, you got to make sure all these 50 tokens are flipped uh, over correctly. Again, not a huge deal, but that's just you know part of the setup as you're going through shuffling all these things. And, and I don't know, maybe for me, it's just because it's what I think should be a very light game. Mm-hmm. I, I come back to where, okay, if it's 30 to 45 minutes. The setup alone could probably run you about 15 minutes. No, really? I think so. I mean, pouring out, right? You got to shuffle the locations where you need to split it up. Yeah. Right? The first level, the second level. So you shuffle them. Yeah, you do that. Each person's got to choose their character, which hopefully is very fast. Um, You set up the tokens, the DF tokens, flip them all over, kind of quote unquote shuffle them. Uh, so that people don't know you gotta take the items or, or events whatever that is you gotta shuffle that up and you gotta deal that out mm, okay i don't, I don't know. know that's yeah i don't know maybe multiple I multiple shufflers maybe I, yeah that's true I, I guess if everybody is used to the if game everybody is helping so if everybody is already kind of played it and are willing to help yeah okay yeah i don't know it just <laughs> seems like a lot of manual labor so i'm lazy i don't know so that's pretty much the the main one the last part is i think it felt a little bit constrained because you are just taking one action at a time so it's it's fast moving in the sense of you know everybody's choosing hopefully relatively quickly uh but at the end you're just accomplishing one thing at a time yeah so that's it for me though what about for you my positive notes, I think this is decent for a light game. It's definitely light. It's super straightforward in premise and mechanics. So even for me, you know, I don't have any real connection or previous knowledge of Android Netrunner. Honestly, I don't know what that is. Um, you didn't play that game where there's like um, the hunters and the... Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was Netrunner, I think. I thought it was called Android Netrunner. What would I have... Oh, it's a board game? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, I guess we'll have to think about that. <laughs> I don't think we'll so. We'll come back. I don't think so. But but the idea of 
you know, here's a facility. You are, your mission is to get in and grab some loot and get out. I think everybody, like, it clicked right away for me. Like, okay, I understand what I'm supposed to do. I understand looking at the arrangement of these room cards, the one way in, one way out idea, and that, um, that clock that gets passed around as the first player marker rotates every single round. I totally understood that. It was really easy to learn the mechanics and easy to get into the premise and theme of the game. I tend to like the random element of push your luck games because I think it does level the playing field or the battlefield. I, I think that there's it's a different kind of satisfaction when you have a really deep strategy game and you're solving it and you're mathing it out and you're figuring things out. This is just go, 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 you know? And I think that you have to take it for what it is. There are some surprises with items and, and NPCs. And for me, that was a positive because I think otherwise because every single player can just do the exact same things without those items and npcs it would be a really boring game so i I did like that kind of surprise element as you go along and some effects are quite strong and or lasting in terms of affecting multiple rounds or the rest of the game so i'm not saying this is a super balanced game but i'm saying that if you're looking push your luck, take that risk, you know, try it out and just forge ahead and you don't fully know what to expect because the rooms are all, you know, they're hidden until someone goes and explores and reveals it and triggers stuff. It, it has that, um, I, I would say thematically, it makes a lot of sense to me if you were someone, well, hopefully, I guess you would have prepped before you infiltrate a building, but um, this is, it has that surprise element to it. My only word of caution is don't overcomplicate this. I think there is a tendency, especially with people who love board games, tending to generally be a little bit more analytical or extremely competitive. I, you know, I put myself in that category too. This is just one of those games I think you just gotta play for fun because everything, in spite of your best efforts, could just explode in your face and you can't control that because of the way the game is designed. Yep, I would definitely agree with that one. Uh, this is one that's meant to just really be more uh, enjoyed at a kind of lighter heart level. So, right on. Um, let's get into our decisions then. So for me, you know, I think it kind of depends on my mood. Uh, it, it could definitely be a play. It could be a pass, but mm. gosh, you know, being a where we got to make a decision here, I think for now, I'm going to go with a play. Okay. And I'll stick with that. Yep. Okay, okay. Why would you make it a pass or what was on the fence for you? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just I don't think there was quite enough variety. Mm. I mean, I would have loved to see a little bit more of that kind of strategic action. And, you know, the timing makes it very, that, that's what gives the game the strategy. But again, when you're only executing one action per round, uh, it becomes like programming, except you're constantly being surprised at what's coming up so you can't really account for it and i would love just a little bit more a little bit more um kind of like prep for that if you will where you know maybe there's like a reaction thing that you could do sometimes mm. um yeah I yeah see. that's probably the main part i see okay that makes sense um for me i would say it's a play it's it's it was all right um i put it kind of in the same category as shadow hunters with that said i really like shadow hunters and i'm like 
pretty okay with this game, but I like Shadowhunters more. Um, I think this is a game that is good for a slightly larger group, like four to six. I know the game box says you can do it with two or three people, but I can't imagine that being as fun. So that's my decision. All right, so there you have it. Ultimately, I guess still two plays, uh, even if mine was a little questionable. Um, but yeah, overall a decent game, small box. So yeah, check it out if you have a chance. I mean, it's probably a little bit hard to get a hold of, but yeah, if you have a, a moment to try it, by all means. But otherwise, we always really, really appreciate you uh, joining us on each of our episodes. Again, here comes year two, so hopefully you'll stick around. But as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.